Hey, thanks so much for stopping by the Roar Church Podcast. This is Pastor Anthony. We're believing that today's gonna be a great day. Let's jump in today's message. And I want us to open up our Bibles to Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And it's gonna become the context of where we're going today. Before I jump in, I just, I know I said it at the beginning, but I wanna come back and say it again to all the mothers that are watching today, I wanna just wish you a happy Mother's Day. Man, there's just something about a mother's love. My mom, if you're watching, I wish you a happy Mother's Day. My mother-in-law, if you're watching, I wish you a happy Mother's Day. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your sacrifice. You know, there's, there's just something special about a mother. And today, I wanna preach on, you're not just wanted, you are what's needed. And in, in this chapter, Genesis 1 is basically casting an overview for what is getting ready to be foretold in Genesis chapter 2. Chapter 1 casts this, this, it's painting this picture, and then in chapter 2 it comes back and it starts giving you the details of exactly what he's talking about. And in verse 26 it picks up like this, of the first chapter of Genesis it says, God said, let us make man in our image in our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over the livestock over all the earth over all the creatures that move along the ground so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them god blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. I can't help but to think but how many times in our life there are things that we often say that we want that don't match up with what we actually really need. For example, if I'm stranded on a, an, an island my life from up to this point, I have always wanted to be a billionaire. I have always wanted to be a millionaire. But if I'm stranded on an island and nothing to spend it on, what good does a million or a billion dollars do in that moment or time? The want is absolutely insignificant. But the need in that moment, if I'm stranded, the need that I need is I need food and I need water and I need my wife. Come on somebody, if you know what I mean. Hello, I need my wife. And oftentimes in our lives, our wants to life are not what the needs of life are. A want is something that you would, you would like to have. It's not something that's absolute. It's not something that's a necessity, but a need is something that you have to have. It is something that you cannot do without. It is something that you cannot live without. It's a priority. It's a necessity. God recognized all these things out of want, but then he realized he still had a need in order to have completion. So it picks up in Genesis 2 and 7, and it says like this, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils, and the breath of life and the man became a living being. It goes on again in Genesis 2, 18 through 23, and I want you to read it with me. 
Genesis 2, 18 through 23, and say it with me loud. And the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and the birds in the sky. He brought them to, to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that would be its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and began, after he, he opened up the man, then he closed up the place where he had opened up the flesh. And it says like this in verse 22, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. I think the first thing that we need to understand in this context, context is this is the first time any surgery was uh, was was made. This was the first time uh, anesthesia was anesthesia. Did I say it right? Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll just preach. I, I feel like my dad right now in this moment. Anesthesia in that moment was caused to put somebody to sleep. And ain't it just like God? Men are so stubborn. We want to do it our way. We want to have it our way. That that God oftentimes has to to put us to sleep in order for us to sometimes get His attention and to hear what He is saying in order for God to move. In Genesis two and nine, God gave Adam the responsibility for naming all the animals that He had created. It's funny. The more and more that I have realized and read over this story, the more and more I can't help but to think how God was trying to play a cat and mouse game with Adam. And I believe he was trying to get Adam to realize that, the, the, that, that he had a need as much as God had a want. But out of that want was also a need from God. And I say that because of this. There's all these animals that were coming past Adam in that moment. He had created the animals, a male and a female. So all these animals that were passing by him had a counterpart that looked just like him. A lion had a lioness. The deer had buck and a doe. A he-wolf had the she-wolf. The goose and the ganter. For cats, it was Tom and the queen. For humans, Brit is the beauty and I am the beast. Come on, somebody. Let's go. I am that beast. No, I'm joking. But here, they're saying, oh. But here is Adam gazing into these plains, into this pasture into these fields, all these animals passing by him. And he's looking around and he's noticing, huh, well, that animal looks like that animal. And that animal looks like that animal. And that animal looks like that animal. And that animal looks like that animal. There's nobody here for me. Why is it that I'm looking at all these things and nothing looks like me? God wanted Adam to recognize his uniqueness, but he also wanted him to recognize his incompleteness. Most of all, I believe that he wanted Adam to be aware that he had no ability to meet his own needs. And ain't that just like God? 
He puts us into situations. He puts us into these trials. He puts us into these situations where we become helpless, where we become hopeless so that we have no place to turn other than to God. In this pandemic where we have all been filled, our, our lives have been filled with all these things, all this stuff, and this stuff gets taken away from us. And for the first two or three weeks, we're going crazy because we're going, how can I live without this? How can I live without that? But then all of a sudden, there's a setting and a settling that takes place after the second or third week and you realize you know what I actually didn't really need that stuff that stuff you know was actually I'm, I'm better off without it but the one thing that becomes very clear in the midst of the fight there's a roar that comes alive that says my relationship with Christ is really all that matters there is something that becomes so surreal that we understand how much we need community how we have found out the real importance of having the correct spouse. Come on, somebody. I thought you got to know what I'm talking about. You with your wife 24-7 now, seven days a week. You see her, you go to bed with her. You wake up to her, you see her in the afternoon. You see her at lunch. You see her, like, there's no separating. So if you have a bad relationship, things are going to get real, real uh, frisky in those moments. You're going to find yourself fighting. You're going to find yourself going crazy. And it's in these moments that we have realized, at least for me, man, I'm so thankful that I don't have no crazy wife. I'm thankful that I have a beautiful mother. I'm thankful that I have a mom uh, that, that has, has been a mom that showed me grace. I'm thankful for my wife that, that loves my boys uh, with all of her heart. I'm thankful that I have a wife that does the kids' homework, that God knows for sure that I can't be no teacher. I have zero patience when it comes to that. And so if there was nothing else to celebrate, Brittany for sure, and just like many other mothers, that's a great place for me to just tell you, thank you so much, I love you. Because there's, God knows there's no way I can do that. But our souls recognize the importance of a relationship. Our souls have recognized uh, the importance of community. The thing that I, I miss is not the four walls of the church. The things that I miss most is being in community with people. There's something about coming together inside a room. It's not the room that's important. It's the community that's important. When you come together with your friends, when you come together with your family, and you begin to lift up the name of Jesus together, there's something that happens that's different from when I'm praising him by myself. There is a power that comes together. When two or three are gathered, then all of a sudden begins to consume us. But it's when everything is stripped away that we finally realize that we don't want to live without God. And we finally realize and we come to this place as stubborn people that what we thought we wanted is not exactly really what we need. And then we finally turn over to God, finally Pierre, and we're like, okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm just gonna have to depend on you to provide. And God's sitting here going, uh, man, that was a good place for you to be the whole time. Because that's why I brought you into this pandemic. That's why I brought you into this impossible situation. That's why I brought you into this trial. So that you would begin to give me what exactly you needed. And that I could begin to give you exactly not just what you wanted, but what you needed. It's amazing. Desperation creates openness. And I often say this because it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was born in me from my mom. 
And my dad, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. God created all these things out of wants. But he notices that his want is not what's going to complete the task. He finds himself in need. He finds himself being presented with a question. He finds himself in a bit of a dilemma. Yes, God was kind of in a dilemma because he's looking at this situation and goes, I've made all this, but it's not pleasing for you to be by yourself. He knew what the answer was though. He knew that women was what was needed for completion. In Genesis 2 and 18, it said like this, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Daughters, ladies, mothers, you are more than just a helper. But unfortunately, our world has watered down this, this word that when I say that you were called to be a helper, that we automatically think that we were called to be a doormat. And I think we have to understand, and the reason why I'm preaching about this today is because women don't often know the value of what they are and who they are. But I want you to understand how God's original context was for man and woman. God said something very significant in verse 20 about the woman. He said, I will make a suitable helper. Two words which were translated in the King James Bible, Bible as help meet, which is a help mate. Most women react to this word with annoyance. Oh, I'm, more, I'm no more than a doormat now. I'm just a helper. Not realizing this. Helper is the word ezer, a term that, we use, that was used 19 times in the Old Testament. Four times used to describe a man helping another man, indicating peer was assisting a peer. However, on no less than 15 other times, it refers to God helping man. God is our helper. God is our Ezer. If we believe women are beneath us, then does that mean that God is below us? Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to understand that women, you are valued not just by man, but you are valued by God today. And you were the answer to God's need. Unfortunately, religion has suppressed women to make them feel like they are secondary. But the original context of Christianity, the original state in which God had put man and women on this earth was so that we would be co-heirs in Christ together. Women were created to share an equal value with man. Equal in priesthood. Equal in responsibility. Yeah, but... God says, let the man lead the house. Yes, the man's supposed to lead the house. He has a different task. But when they come together, they make one. But the man leads the family. But the woman is just important. She's the Proverbs 31. She's the praying of, of the mother. She's praying over the, the, the marriage. She's praying over their kids. Eve was a co-ruler, not one of those that were ruled. It's interesting to note that before sin entered the picture, there was no emphasis of headship from the husband. They were co-heirs of Christ together. Moms, you are not second fiddle. Wives, you are not second fiddle. Daughters, let me tell you this. You are not second fiddle to any man. 
in God's original context, you were called to be something great. And you are called to, um, to, to get this message tonight that there is an importance from Christ that put a massive value on your life. Just because we have different tasks does not mean that you are beneath man. We were designed and we were created to be different. Our huge value on humanity lies in the fact that we were the only thing created in the image of God. Just because you were created from something doesn't mean God said you were created under something. We mess this context up so much, we don't allow women to, to preach. Women can't do this. Women can't do that. Show me in scripture because the original state of what the gospel is, is we are called to be co-heirs. Now this isn't a women's rights message. But my God, we have to understand that women are not beneath us. They are beside us. Moms, you are beside us. You are equal in value. Mothers, you are so special. Daughters, you are special. You are different from a man. You are a carrier of life. You host something that a man never can or ever will be able to happen. You're not just wanted by God. You were needed by God. You were needed to fulfill his purpose. You were, need, you were needed to fulfill destiny. You were needed to fulfill prophecy because God made a declaration and said, basically procreate the earth. Make more, make more. Man can't make more by himself. Guess what? He needs a partner. He needs what? He needs a mother. He needs a wife. Tonight, I want you to understand, regardless if you're watching it right now on Saturday night, if you're watching the replay today as today being Sunday, happy Mother's Day, I want you to understand this thing. that you are valued and you are loved and we honor you. You are needed by your children. You are needed by your husband. You are needed by your families. You are needed by every community. The value on your life is monumental. What I have found, it's not even about what you have, got, what you, what you have gave as much as it is about what you can give doesn't matter if you don't have a child or not we think all of a sudden just because I haven't bore a, a child from my me that I can't be a, a mother in the spirit and fathers it's the same thing you may not have a son but maybe you need to open your eyes to a new door that God is trying to bring you into to become mothers and fathers over somebody in the spirit Mom, you are called. Ladies, you are called. Daughters, you are called to bring life into every circumstance. What is on your life is greater than what we probably ever will ever imagine. And really even greater than what I can preach. You are called to bring life 
not just in the natural, but supernaturally. The mom sets the room, the temperature for the room. The mom can set the temperature of the day. If mom wakes up, you know, the old saying is, is happy life, happy wife. But I say it like this, happy wife, happy home. I've been in, cir- in circumstances and situations where, whoo, doggy, my wife ain't happy with me. And you know what? The whole family can feel it. The room can feel it. The household can feel it. The neighbors can feel it. The people coming down the road can feel it. Brittany is mad. Today, she is mad at Anthony. Anthony has done something. You have so much power. You have so much value. And there's something about a mom's attention that's different from a father. A mom that can run to her children and hold them and pray over them. And even though I kiss their boo-boos too. There's something about, I remember when I was younger. My dad and I are probably way more close now. And, and I'm not saying this negatively. But as I've grown up, because of, of just where I am, I relate to him more. He's a pastor. I love to hear him speak. The older I've gotten, the more I've learned about sonship and what it means to be a son to my parents. But I remember being Ashton and Liam's age, running around, and, and if I did anything wrong, if I fell, if I fell and, and, and scraped my knee or I bumped my, my foot or if I did anything wrong, it wasn't my dad that I was crying out to. I was crying out to my mom. Moms, you're so incredibly special. incredibly special you're special to your spouse you're special to your kids you're special to the families you're the glue that makes everything stick it's amazing as I was preparing and, and, and writing this message Pierre I couldn't help but think that things that mean the most to me oftentimes get the most attention from me Things that don't matter to me. I spend very few minutes on. It doesn't consume me. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, God was just boom, 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 boom. Day six, he created man and watched man doing it. He's, he's sitting back there going, yeah, but it just ain't right yet. God wanted humanity, but he needed you to complete it. You know, they often say the best things are saved for the last dance. Daughters, it's important that you understand this message before you ever enter into a relationship. if you don't understand your value you're going to constantly live in a circle of, of relationships that are no good and I, and I just want to tell, tell somebody that's watching today you want to get married you want to find Mr. Right you attract 
who you are, not who you want to be. And oftentimes we think who we want to be overtakes who we are. But who we are is what attracts people to us. So if you find yourself in situations messing with um, Mr. Broke Down Buster, guess what? There's probably something on the inside of you that is attracting those type of people. You want a, you want a greater relationship? You know, there's a, there's a pastor that Pierre and I know. His name is Pastor David Crank, and he's an incredible guy. And, and Pastor David drilled this into you, drilled this into me. And he said, show me your friends, show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Who you want to be around and who you want to be like is the way you need to start acting now in order to get those type of people around you. High level people want to run with high level people. Christians, sold out people for Christ, people that are set on fire for Christ, guess what? They want to hang out with girls that are sold out for Christ. They ain't looking for people that are one night standers. They're looking for ones that are sold out to Christ. And you're sitting here saying, God, why are you not bringing in Mr. Right? Why does he only want me for this? Why does he only want me for that? Well, probably because you want that same thing. I'm going to stop there because this is a Mother's Day message. But I'm saying this because, listen, I have a daughter. And the thing that I constantly tell my daughter is, you're better than that. She's never done anything wrong, but you're better than that. Keep thinking here. Keep flying at 10,000 feet. Keep integrity. Keep the fire. Stand for righteousness. You may not understand it now. It may feel awkward now. But I promise you, that awkward state in about five or six years down the road, all of a sudden, the tables begin to turn. Where people are going, yeah, but how do you get his life together? Why is she doing that? Why did she get elevation? She got elevation because she decided to get real with God. Why is she in such a good marriage? Because she's learned to value herself. Moms, a mother's role in the Bible is one of the key things because it was a woman that brought Jesus Christ into this earth. Every mother in this world is similar to Mother Mary. Every woman can feel the sacred calling of being a mother and giving birth to another of God's creations. Psalms 139 and 13 says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I have life because of you, mom. You have life because of your mom. Today on this Mother's Day, I want to tell you I love you to every mother that's watching. And regardless if your children don't honor you, or your children may not value you. I want you to know here in this moment that we as a church, we honor you and we value you. You know, we, we, we finished up doing Roar Kids Week this past week. And I couldn't help but to thank 
how all of our children began to make our mothers all these gifts. And I pray they've, they're giving it to you now. We do that because we want to honor, a culture of honor. Moms, we love you. We celebrate you. Amen. You are more than just wanted by God. You were needed by Him. Father, I pray this prayer right now. Father, I thank you for every single person that's watching today. Father, I pray that your presence comes in and consumes every, not just mothers, but every believer to raise their standard, to understand that you are our defender, that you put us back together even when we feel like we have messed up, that you take all the pieces, the broken fragments of a life that we've shattered, and you put us back on the potter's wheel, and you begin to mold us. Those, those places that were crooked, those places that are a little un, un, uneasy. Father, I thank you that you are just putting us on the potter's wheel right now and you're molding us and you're shaping us and you're making us more like you. Father, I thank you for this worship moment that we had earlier. What an incredible move of God, team. What an incredible move of God. And if you have not watched it, I encourage you to go back and watch it because you will get filled up with the Spirit of God in this moment. And so, Father, I thank you for every single person in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today at Roar Church Podcast. We pray that today's message absolutely blessed you. Hey, there's many ways that you can help support this ministry and give to this ministry. And one is by texting the keywords, Roar Give to 77977. Listen, we cannot reach people without your help. And this stuff doesn't happen without the support of many. So we thank you for partnering with us and we'll see you later.